It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder. Seriously, still? Yeah. Yeah. And plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 130 of Curse of the Black Pearl. Since you just jumped in like that, you might as well give us an introduction. Kick things off. Tell us what's going on. Grammatically. (laughs) That's not your forte. (laughs) You don't think I know that. Neither spelling or anything else. You know what? What? Do we need to announce that to everyone? I was just kidding. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Actually, I don't have anything. I don't have any introduction. Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Do you realize there's only like four minutes left of this movie? Of actual movie minutes? Don't frighten everybody out there. (laughs) I know, but I think that's what I'm waiting for. I'm just kind of thinking of some of the next steps. And to be honest, I didn't really think of anything that I needed to share at this time. Or I kind of put it off. I was so busy focused on my crying and my sadness, but then also thinking of the next steps and how fun it's going to be. So, yeah, I haven't really put much thought into introductions. So I don't even think I have anything planned in my notes for tomorrow either. Jeez. Maybe when I come back to the studio tomorrow, I'll have read something or I'll think of something that's pertinent to the audience. But as of right now, it's a dry well going on there. Wow. Exactly. So as usual, though, when I don't have an introduction, then I have to make something up and then the listeners suffer and they go, why? Why didn't he have anything? Because yes, that's right. If you like the show, just go to iTunes, for instance, give us a like. Well, it's not really how it works there, but you can give us a star rating. You can write a review. You can just give us a star rating. So if you like the show... I wouldn't be opposed to you hitting a five star on that. I was going to say, that's what we want is a five stars. Yeah. If you don't like the show, well, thanks for listening. But <laughs> we don't necessarily want you to give us a star rating. But those who do like the show and are having fun with it, go ahead and do that. And it helps us in the ratings, helps people find us, and just keeps us doing this, I guess. And if you enjoy the show and think your friends would like it, pass us along. Yeah, it's not that difficult. Come on, scallywags. Just go ahead and do that. So yeah, that's what happens when I don't have an introduction handy. Then you got to suffer through a blatant self-promotion thing, I guess. Hey, every once in a while, you got to do it. Yeah, we got to do it. So if that's the case, I think we should just get going. Oh, and by the way, you can also join us on Facebook. Go ahead and give us a like. We're at Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. We're on Twitter at Black Pearl Men. And we also have a Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. And you can go ahead and find that on our website, which is blackpearlminute.com or through our Facebook page. So go ahead and do that. It's nice to have that community. It's nice to see that, that the listeners is. are enjoying things yep. and have questions and all that kind of good stuff. So with that done, in the previous minute, look, y'all, the blacksmith says every time the Commodore's bell gets rung, an executioner loses his boots. Ah, thanks, Zuzu. Surely is a wonderful pirate's life for me. Well, 
for those not ranked Commodore. The recently burned, broken-hearted, and now angry Norrington manages to keep the lid on a personal explosion, only to witness yet another instance of ringing his bell when Elizabeth Swan essentially says her place is also between Jack and Norrington. Well, now things are getting lusty. I mean, busty. I mean, toasty. Is it me or is it getting just a little hot in here? Really hot. I'm going to need some ice water here. Stat. Elizabeth between Jack and Norrington. There's something going on there. And I can't believe we didn't see that when we were actually doing the breakdown in the minute. Yeah, what the heck? That's I what tra- I'm saying. Wait, wait, wait. I tried to bring up Elizabeth and her whole situation. And you just kind of foo-fooed it on and went on to your own stuff. Yeah, this isn't the time for co-host interjections. This is like oh, really? poetry here. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I'm going to need some ice water. Jack seeing the menage on the wall says, Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place. Of course you do, Jack. Of course you do. Minute 130 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow finishing his words with Governor Swan with... Grammatically, he turns to Commodore Norrington. I want you to know that I was rooting for you, mate. Know that. Jack walks away but stops to address Elizabeth Swan. The minute ends with everyone looking down from Fort Charles to the water, watching in awe after Jack tumbled backwards over the cliff. A marine points and yells, Sail ho! After spotting the approaching Black Pearl, Jack smiles and begins to swim to his ship. Gillette asks Norrington, What's your plan of action? So yeah, I can't believe we didn't touch on that. That's the euphemism of all euphemisms, and we completely brushed over that. I had to come to the rescue. I had to salvage our reputations and throw that in my previous minute breakdown. You even ended saying there was no euphemisms. Hey, Sometimes I'm blind to the euphemisms. Gee, that's a shocker. You were really blind to the end of that euphemism last time. Oh, yeah. Sorry to say that was not a happy ending. You're speaking stuff I don't know. Oh, really? The one thing I love about this minute is that it's all about Jack. We just had our Norrington and Will moment. Then we also had a classic swashbuckler that teamed up Jack and Will. But in this minute, it's nothing but pure Captain Jack Sparrow, I venture to say. So where to begin with this minute? Since you are obviously quiet, I think my favorite part of the minute might just be when Jack turns to Will and says, nice hat. And then Will smiles all proud-like. Yeah, it's not just Jack recognizing the new hat, but it's Will's reaction to him exactly. Yeah. That smile on that verge of laughing, approval, and thanks. Yeah. That's what made that moment. That was supposed to be Barbosa's hat. Hey, that's possible. And how dare you jump ahead? That's my stuff. Those are my notes. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. (laughs) Because it's a great character moment that they share. A moment from one pirate to another between Jack and Will. But as Heather already jumped on my bandwagon here and my thunder stolen, she's a thunder stealer, I think it goes a little deeper than that because, yep, that's what I do. I have to look into this just a little bit deeper. It's Jack's way of saying thanks to Will for saving him from the gallows. It's an 18th century fist bump, so to speak. Mm. You have to compliment the man's big feathered hat. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the fist bump. This is one of those situations that might call for a hug as well. But real pirates don't hug each other. We all know that. So this is just how you get around the hug thing. This is it. This is how it goes down. It avoids the whole touchy-feely thing. And we just can't have any of that between pirate bros. No way. And I think there's also a bit of respect going on here, too. Jack is throwing Will a pat on the back and letting him know that you have come far and long. You've come a long ways, right? Yeah. Quite well. And he's just moved along quite well. 
He's learned to sail a ship, break someone out of jail, always comes in handy. Commandeer a ship, another thing that comes in handy. Save the girl and the world, do what's right by both pirate code and moral code by saving Jack. I mean, he's got it all going on here, and Jack is just saying, wow, you have become a real pirate. And he learned it all from Jack. Yeah, it's also, it's right by both the pirate code and the moral code in saving Jack. So it's all of this. Yeah. In essence, I think Jack is almost taking on that bootstrap role with Will. He's telling Will, you did your father proud, pirate respect. He's kind of taking on that, what bootstrap might say to him if he could see Will now. Yeah. You've grown into a nice, honorable man. Yeah. Pirate man. Pirate man. Now, here's where things might go off the rail a bit. And I don't know that I have it all worked out yet. And knowing how brutal you can be with my hypotheses, but I'm a little bit more comfortable with it since you already brought up the Barbosa hat thing. Because I'm betting that maybe you're not going to deny this one this time because I usually get a beat down. So remember when Jack and Barbosa were negotiating, Jack promised to get him a really big hat. Uh-huh. Barbosa's hat also had a feather in it. Right. Is it possible this is related to that idea of partnering up? The big hat for Barbosa was significant of his promotion, say, from pirate captain to admiral. So is this similar to Will's promotion from blacksmith's apprentice to pirate? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, that's it? Yeah. I agree with you on this one. Shock. It is a we shock. We need some fanfare or something going on. Well, I was waiting for some you to jump in with some other stuff besides the, well, the always informative, yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree with you. Okay. I agree that it's Will's transformation into pirate. You know, he's now pirate. He's got the hat. With the big hat, with the feathers, and he's done everything pirate-like. Does that make sense? It does. Give me a funny look. Well, I just thought maybe you'd have more You wanted me to argue with you. I didn't want you to argue with me. I just thought you might have some additional insight. But if you're just about to agree with me, I'm fine with that as well. I know you're shocked about that. I am I shocked about it. Yeah, threw, threw me off completely. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. It does not compute. Does wait, not compute. wait, I have more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Things to fight it. Jack stops to tell Elizabeth that it would never have worked out between them. And this is so Jack, actually. He's been teasing this attraction between them for the entire movie. And now that we actually come to the end and Will has gotten the girl. Well, I should say Elizabeth. Because getting the girl is not just limited to Will, and that's a teaser for episode 133 coming up. Jack has to make sure he leaves with the upper hand. Upper hand has been this running theme throughout the movie, and as the trickster, he wants to make sure he leaves on the high note. The other bit with this is that it's just another one of those stories, one of those little legends that everyone witnessing the situation will walk away with Yeah. just Jack's side of the freaking story. Right. I like to throw freaking in now. That's my new... Yeah, what's up with that? It's my word of the past two weeks. all week. The word of the week, past two weeks for me. Wow. Just that emphasis on it, because I'm so freaking excited that we're... crazy talk. ...getting this season down, a successful season down. It adds to the myth of Captain Jack Sparrow, getting back to this idea that it's just another one of these stories. The idea of a ladies' man, Elizabeth fell for him, and Jack being in love with the sea and a real pirate, that... He has to actually let her go be with Will, and he literally jumped her fell off into the arms of his mistress, which is the ocean. Think about that. What would happen in the next story Elizabeth reads about the infamous Captain Jack Sparrow? Will there be this tale about him letting the governor's daughter go? And then she will know for certain that there is some truth to the stories, or but they're definitely exaggerated. You can see Estrella coming up to her like, is it true? 
what I've heard about you and Jack. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Is that what's going to happen? They're going to, she's going to get these stories or these, whatever the equivalent of a dime novel was. You know, and I tried to look it up, like, did they have a dime novel in the 18th century? And I didn't see one offhand. But again, I only put in two pages worth of Google searches. So I didn't really dive deep <laughs> didn't into dive it. didn't dive deep enough. But it was like a 19th and 20th century thing or 1800s, early 1900s thing. So I didn't see much for the 1700s at this dime oh. novel thing because dime was a lot too. Right. So I don't know. Maybe you should put penny novel. Uh, I tried that. Boom. You just got served. Didn't come up with anything. It uh, went to dime novel. Huh. They thought, this guy's an idiot. Penny novel. <laughs> he obviously meant to type in dime novel. So Google slapped huh. me around for that. But that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. Is you're going to end up having Marines sitting around. They're the ones who are going to be talking about it. Yeah. Wow. Elizabeth, the governor's daughter, was infatuated with Jack. Because you know how that whole telephone game oh, goes up yeah. with that. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth was... I mean, the whole town knows giving about Giving the this. thigh sweats for Jack. And then... He just had to run off to the sea because his heart was on the pearl. His then, heart was in the ocean. What if they heart somehow the find out she was naked with him on the... Well, not with him. While on the island, she was... Between Jack and Norrington, you mean? When she was between them both? Arr! No, while oh. they were on the little island. Rum Runner's Island. She only had her little ship on. She was on. considered naked. Yeah. She only had time. her ship on. Well... That's the thing. And some Marines were there. And I bet you... She was picked up by him. That that would get exaggerated as well in the... Right. eh, Elizabeth is going to have a rough time. She's going to get the looks in town. That she will. Port Royal is going to look like one of those classic romance pirate novels. You know, the lady on the front half naked and Jack will be this really big buff pirate guy. Yes. Either way, no matter what happens, the culprit, the one who starts this rumor... Will be one of the Marines, but he'll just pass it on to Estrella, and pretty soon Port Royal is going to be yep. awash in this story about Jack and Elizabeth. And then it'll just be in little novels and articles. So, yeah, she's in deep trouble with that. That she is. Ted and Terry were talking about this particular moment between Jack and Elizabeth, and they had an entirely different take on it that I completely don't see. It was mentioned that when Jack says that it wouldn't have worked between them, Elizabeth's reaction was more like, Shut up, Jack. And they go on to ask, how far was Elizabeth really willing to go on Rum Runner's Isle? And how far did she actually go with Jack? I don't see it other than what we actually get. Yeah. She teased him, got him drunk, yada, yada, yada. And I'm not yada, yada, yada in the best parts either. (laughs) He passes out. She burns all the rum and provisions. I mean, did you see anything more to this? No, no. In fact, when I see the look she gives him. After he says this, it was more like, you got to be kidding me, really? That's what I got. It's like, oh my you know? God, yeah, again with this? I can't believe he's even saying Are we such a thing? still debating this fake attraction thing? Are you yeah. still trying to... Is this your line? Is this your best line? Yeah. The, I oh don't... my gosh, really? You're yeah. going there? Did That's you just what I not see. see what happens? No, yeah. You almost got hung. Now you're still doing this? Is there ever a serious moment in your life, sir? <laughs> no. <laughs> So yeah, I didn't see anything with that, but it's no. weird that the writers were saying that. Yeah, that's strange. I thought, man, that's... And I don't even know how to take that. Yeah. Because they're the writers. They're the ones who created this world. And if they're saying that, I got to go, well, they're the creators of the world. So is that yeah, how we're supposed to take it? I don't take it that way. I don't either. But as Unless I said, it's... they constructed this world. 
Unless... They constructed Elizabeth's personality in her character. If they're asking that, is that kind of what they intended? Or is it just because of her acting and the way that she acted it and portrayed that particular scene? Well, while on Rum Runner's Island, there were quite a bit of deleted scenes in there. So maybe they're kind of talking with those deleted scenes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but even in those deleted scenes, I didn't see nothing... much on that. No. I mean, there is... I mean, she well, teases him a she bit, teases but him. that's it. He says, I know exactly what you mean, darling, or I know See? exactly what you mean, dear. And then he kind of twists his mustache or whatever yeah. it was, and then he starts to drink more rum. And but then he doesn't pass out right then. He kind of drinks and falls backwards, right? And then he passes out, yeah. But do we see him actually pass out? We just end up the next morning waking up yeah. to him smelling. So they kind of, in a way, leave it to that. But the whole idea is that he passed out. I just out. assume he passed out. It wasn't that he just laid back and... No. No. No, it wasn't just he laid back. He, my he silence, passed out. I was strained. I, was I know. I'm restraining. I'm in, I, Heather was trying to move that along and I was trying to find a delicate way to say... Yeah. Yeah. Mounted? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. So I guess I was wrong. Yes. That's an entirely different story that happened there. There. Exactly. That's, that would have been Jack dreaming. I want to go back to Jack talking to both Governor Swan and Norrington and how he gets in their face. He's this real close talker person. Yeah. And actually, Governor Swan is kind of stepping back from him. He must have really bad breath. Yeah, that is a the idea that I think that they're trying to play off there. Yeah. He is a pirate. Just... And I got to imagine most of these people had bad breath. Well, yeah. But it, Jax know. is particularly bad. <laughs> I guess so when you look at Governor Swan. Well, definitely. He's compared to him. <laughs> he even made noises, didn't he? Yeah, he was not happy with the situation. No. Norrington was ever the Marine. And plus somebody yeah. who's pirate hunting, he's used to dealing with this. So he stood stone-faced. Right. And he's got to show his strength in that. But did you notice that, speaking of Jack and Norrington, did you notice that Jack is still playing the trickster game? He's playing both sides like he did with Barbosa and yeah. then also with Will and whoever else. I think he in the just movie. tries to stay on everybody's good side. Good side. He never knows when he's going to need a favor exactly. or for them to, you know, try and get he him may, off the hook. He, that, I mean, that's just how he lives his life. Because he tells Norrington that he was always rooting for him. This guy, Jack, doesn't stop. He knows Norrington will be forced to come after him at some point, probably. So he might as well try and plant the seed that, hey, we're buddies. Yeah. I was on your he side, really. He acts like everybody's a buddy. And I know. I stole a... the interceptor and it blew up. <laughs> the Royal Navy's fastest ship. It was blown up because of him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's to blame for that. And I know we did all that, but... Bygones be bygones. I saved Elizabeth. I know you didn't get her. I'm really sorry about that. I'm on your side. <laughs> I was rooting for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, but hey, everything worked out in the end. Speaking of Norrington as well and wrapping up this let's send Jack to the gallows and Will breaks him free kind of thing here. Yeah. There is that one piece of morality. That idea if you're going to break the law, do so because the law is wrong, not to simply benefit yourself. I'm sure we touched on this in the last episode when talking about Will's reasons for rescuing Jack. So I don't want to get into a lot of it there. But that is kind of the underlying theme with all of this end minute here. Is this idea that breaking the law can be warranted. And we'll see some of that coming right. up here as well. But that is really what this whole thing has been about. And with Will and Norrington and Norrington talking to Jack. And especially Will brings that up quite a bit. Yeah. 
But this is where we really wanted to get to. Not morality. We want to see Jack go swimming. Did you notice when Jack splashes into the water from tumbling backwards off the cliff, he does a freaking faceplant because I wanted to throw freaking in there again. There's no swan dive, no regular dive, just how about I use my face to break that fall? Well, he did fall over backwards. That's true. He couldn't even finish his sentence. I don't think anybody finished that sentence if you were falling over like that. I know, I said he couldn't even finish his sentence because he was falling over backwards. Yeah, if we he can't did a forget swan the... dive, or if he went in the water somewhere, some way special, it wouldn't look. It would look fake. Well, obviously, he just so fell over. He had to but do a you nose can dive. still try and recover. Not a nose dive. <laughs> Isn't that what a plane does? Yeah. Can people do nose dives? I mean, this is almost literally a nose dive. If you really want to call it that, exactly. If you call putting your face first on the water, never a good thing. So it's a nose dive. Okay, nose dive just doesn't seem right. It's more plane like. <laughs> He was falling far enough. Okay, Jack coined the term nosedive. Yep. Came associated with planes falling out of the sky kind of thing. Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> Maybe he has the arms out like a plane. He didn't have his arms out. I'm just out. kidding. Because <laughs> we can't forget the catchphrase alert here. We almost get that famous line about this is the day, except we are left hanging. It's like Mad Libs now. This is the day you will always remember as the day Jack fell off the fort. This is the day that you will always remember... As the day Jack did a face plant on the ocean. Or a nosedive, I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, he does that tumble thing As and we don't get the catchphrase. Jack went plummeting to his death. Which is pretty funny because this whole movie, he didn't go to his death. <laughs> I know. What are you, adding more stories here? <laughs> no, because remember when Elizabeth fell, went over, I said she went plummeting to her That's death. That's true, I forgot. You're doing a callback book into our own show you for a movie right. which is a little weird <laughs> i don't know if that's how that works <laughs> now i almost lost where i was because you had to go talk about that which is just insanity i don't even know where i was headed with that seriously <laughs> i completely lost that train because you had to bring that up let's get back on the train Jojo! Seriously, again, oh, you know, I know when things are going bad is when we bring in the two-year-old humor now. <laughs> Seriously, I forgot where I was going, but I guess I'll just go on to my other bullet point here, which is, actually, I'm a little irritated that you made me forget that, because it must have been a genius point that Maybe. I was making there. How dare you? I don't know what to tell you. God, that's so ridiculous. Oh, moving along. Man, I'm bummed. <laughs> Dang it, I almost can't move along. I just got to sit here and think about it. I enjoy throwing you No, why do you have to do that? I was making such a good point, I imagine. I know, you were. Anyways, Jack, because I'm going to make you sit there and listen to a torturous symbolic moment, because what you did, it's almost like the water slapped him. He gets slapped in the face by the water. And that, it's like he gets slapped in the face by yet another woman. His ocean mistress slapped him in the face, just like every other woman has done to him. Scarlett, Giselle, Anna Maria. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had to throw that out. You, really? You had to be tortured with that. How? He gets slapped. Yeah. No. No. Hey, I said it. No. That doesn't even make sense. It does get make sense. No. Because he was cheating on the ocean. No. And the pearl trying to cheat with Elizabeth. And the ocean no. said, hey, how dare you? Slapped him back. Well, that's what you get for making me think that. I don't really think that either. I just wanted to throw it in <laughs> to see what you'd say. Well, you're the one who really? did that. It's ridiculous. The obvious point that I did want to make before I tried to... Hornswoggle me? Hornswoggle you with a fake symbolic moment. Osha needs to pay a serious visit to Fort Charles. Because yeah. two people have fallen over the sides of this <laughs> fort. Hand railing. Can we get some freaking hand railing here? Governor Swan, 
Step up to the plate here, man. And this is not the first time Osha's come in on this show. No, that's really needed. The 18th century needed Osha more than anything. (laughs) Do we need it now? Hey, I don't want to upset the boat if any of you work for Osha out there. But come on, guys. Let's just loosen the leash a little bit. (laughs) Now, we don't need to go to 18th century, but we could find a happy medium. My last bullet point about Jack, and it's not so much about Jack directly. It's about Gillette. Man, I really want to know what I was going with that last thing before you interrupted me. Anyways. Maybe you were going to Gillette. No, I wasn't going to Gillette. There was some other like genius moment. And then I Gillette, had to do the, the no best one. a man can get. This is not that guy. Trust oh. me. This poor fool still has not wised up and is still underestimating Jack. There's nowhere for him to go but back to the news. Well, you need to stop underestimating Jack there, sir, and start estimating him. Clearly, Gillette doesn't learn. And... He speaks before he thinks or before he opens his eyes. Yes. So that's what I have to say about Gillette. I got things to say Jack. about Gillette next minute. Okay. He becomes annoying to Norrington. Well, that's true. But did you have anything on this particular minute? I take it your pause is nothing. That's not a shocker. Hey. So if you don't have anything else, no, I'm, I'm going to leave it on. Jack needs to be estimated. Everybody underestimates exactly. Jack. The running theme of the movie. Another one of the running themes is everybody underestimating Jack. Jack. And Jack has made it to the final minutes and Gillette is still underestimating this guy. It's just quite unbelievable. So we'll be back tomorrow with minute 131 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Ricola, do you know this pirate? Only by name. Find Ricola for me. And relay the message from Captain Salazar. And tell him, I need (coughs) a lozenge. Because I can't keep up this creepy voice very long. Will you tell that to him? Please? Now let's thank the listeners. So Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.